I believe Sam has a special this morning. I'm going to sing a song this morning uh, that uh, was written by George Beverly Shea, who happens to be one of my favorite uh, Christian uh, musicians and uh, of uh, all time. And uh, it's kind of about getting your priorities straight. I hope you uh, get a message from it.
Sam has that uh, that tone of George Beverly Shea. Appreciate him uh, very much sharing that with us. Matter of fact, I uh, erroneously said that uh, I thought that he had passed away at about 102. I looked it up. Great thing about having the internet on your phone and uh, 103 still going and still singing. Amazing, amazing. Did put that up there. Just had a great uh, weekend. Uh, very encouraging. I love those uh, times that uh, you can be ministered to. Matter of fact, uh, some of the kids and uh, Brother Trey, gonna, I'm, I've got to use one of the illustrations I heard this week and uh, weekend, and we'll share that in just a second. Continuing with the series, Second Kings chapter 2. Uh, Elijah and Elisha, this is the last time that we'll see Elijah uh, in this series. He's about to have a promotion up in the heaven. A lot of times we say that about people that pass away. They were promoted, and certainly that's true. We want to look at it as a promotion. Again, let me say uh, thank you for all the ones that uh, came in for the worship service. Uh, thank you for coming to church today. Just being here is not for me. Uh, I I know it's for you, for the Lord, and I know that God has a blessing for you. That's what I'm praying, that God will just touch your heart and with his word this morning. And so thank you for taking the time to come on out today. 2 Kings uh, chapter 2, would you please stand for the reading of God's word? It's not a very long reading. Usually, I'm mindful of you. I don't want to keep you standing too long. I know it's a good stretch sometimes. Some of us need to stretch. 2 Kings chapter 2 and verse 6. The Word of God says, And Elijah said unto him, Tarry, I pray thee, here, for the Lord hath sent me to Jordan. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And the, they too went on. And fifty men of the sons of the prophets went and stood to view afar off. And they too stood by Jordan. And Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters. And they were divided hither and thither so that they too went over on dry ground. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee, before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me, when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass, as they still went on and talked, that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire 
and parted them both asunder, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time we have together, just for this short time to share this portion of God's Word. I pray that we would be encouraged and uplifted, we'd draw strength, that we'd be open to what your Holy Spirit has to share with us today. And I know that you are still in the soul-saving business. I know that there may be somebody here this morning, and they've never prayed and asked you to be their Lord and Savior. I pray that they would do that today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Thank you for reading along, listening along. A Chariots of Fire, that was a real simple title looking at this passage. Matter of fact, I found a little excerpt about that a movie. I remember the movie back in 1981. It came out. It's really by uh, the whole movie mainly is about Eric Liddell, uh, who was an Olympic champion, Olymp- Olympian, and he was a devout Scottish Christian, you see there. In 1924 Olympics, he ran, but he was he, because of his Christian beliefs, did not like to run on Sunday and how that conflict and how the movies about how all that played out. So if you want to see a good Christian movie uh, uh, based with a sport theme, uh, just it's not a lot of it's, it's a drama. It's not an action movie, but uh, it's pretty interesting. And of course, about uh, Her- Harold Abrams, an English Jew who runs to overcome prejudice and uh, certainly in the 20s, and there still is prejudice, whether it's the 20s or the 2020s. Uh, I, I guarantee you there will still be prejudice until Jesus comes. There is. Prejudice mainly, anybody who's not like you were prejudiced against. That's it. Okay? That's real simple to uh, wind up prejudice. Uh, most people uh, today don't have uh, as big a problem with uh, racial prejudice as there used to be, but it's still there. It's going to be there till Jesus comes. It's just the fact. Uh, we can be prejudiced against people that we may be short and have prejudice against people that are tall. Or you may be tall and have prejudice against people short. You may be real small and be prejudiced against people real big. And vice versa, just list goes on and on and on. And uh, But that's our flesh, by the way. That's our flesh. And uh, But this story is about the real chariots of fire. You see this mentioned here in this section. And then just a little ways over in 2 Kings chapter 6, which is really a, a neat verse. Uh, and when the Syrians had them surrounded and Elisha was there. And uh, the servant said, Ah, oh, the Syrians are going to kill us. We're done for. Stick a fork in us. We're done. It's over. And Elisha said, would you get a grip, Lord? Let him take a peek at what's around us right now. And uh, you see this said in Second Kings 6.17, Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, in the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire. So God had... Helpers and angelic beings, and here, uh, just a neat story. So, about the real chariot of fire. So, we see the phrase here, and then we see the phrase later on in chapter 6. And uh, so, in looking at this chariot of fire, this is a neat 
uh, situation because there's only two men in the Bible that it's recorded that never died. Enoch, he was just walking with God one day, and they was walking along, enjoying the presence of one another. And uh, <clears throat> and so that, he just said, hey, you know, it's a lot closer to go this way. My house is just right up here, Lord said to Enoch. Why don't you just come on with me? And that's basically what happened. I read that one day, a commentator put I said, that's about right. That's just pretty neat. Imagine just walking along with the Lord, visiting with the Lord, and God says, hey, why don't you just come on? My, my house is just right up here. And he said, okay, all right. I'm, and that's what the Bible says. God took him. <laughs> God took him. And so that, that's just pretty cool. And then here, the only other person where it's recorded that never experienced a physical death, even though there was, it's kind of something similar as far as the rapture goes, but nevertheless, we'll just go with what we know. And uh, he just walking along. And this is a cool thought as we get into the subject here, is that everybody knew about it. Everybody knew kind of what was about to happen, what was going on here. And uh, so... Has he's getting, you know, Elijah, he's up in years, and matter of fact, some of the guys and the men and I were talking in the foyer earlier, and we were talking about uh, the, you know, have you ever heard of a preacher retiring? And sometimes you hear preachers retiring from uh, pastoring, and they just preach. Then sometimes you hear preachers retiring from uh, pastoring a big church, and they, then they'll just do like interim work and pastor smaller churches. I heard. That. Then I've heard, you know, unfortunately, and we all kind of frowned on this, obviously, and preachers retiring and not ever preaching again. And that's just, you know, it doesn't make sense. And it doesn't definitely doesn't fit in God's Word. And so we have here Elijah. And he's just, he's an old soldier. He's gray-headed. He's been around. He's wrinkled. He's wore out. He's got arthritis in the knees. He's got arthritis everywhere. He's preached and he's run for his life. He's been suicidal before. He thought he was the only one left. I mean, he's been through it. He's been through everything. He's been through thick and thin. And now, God's calling him home. You know, and, and a lot of us, and, and I, this is the uh, what I was thinking of over the weekend, a lot of us have, uh, <clears throat> in our Christian life, you think about, you know, you remember that time that we faced off with the prophets of Baal? And imagine the memories that Elijah can share up in heaven. Imagine the memories that he can share and said, you know what, remember when I was down there on that, on that creek bank? And God sent birds to feed me? That was just amazing. These birds come flocking in and drop me some food. They dropped a brownie right there and I just ate it. And that was a good good brownie. And uh, ever what the raven dropped. And so imagine the memories that he has. And and uh, the illustration that was shared this uh, weekend went kind of like this. You know, no excuses. Can you live a Christian life where... You go up into heaven unashamed. No excuses. You go up into heaven and you say, I, I, I did everything I could. Most of, unfortunately, a lot of Christians, you know, you get saved and it's kind of like, uh, you know, so I love um, to drive my memo's Lincoln Town car. She has always had a big car. And it used to be, she used to have an uh, older 
Oldsmobile Delta 88. Man, that thing would just float down the road. And those old Lincoln Town cars, they would, they were big and long, uh, uh, kind of like Miss LeBurn's, just a, I mean, it would just float down the road just as so nice. And, and those things, some of you've got to love those, uh, Mercury Grand Marquis. That's just, uh, uh, that's just a generic Lincoln Town car. That's, that's all it is. And, and just, they just ride just so smooth. And, or, or maybe some of you like trucks. My dad, for, he's got, I remember for years and years, he, he was 57 years old before he got his almost new vehicle. For years, he drove old, old jalopies of which I was the benefactor of one for about $250. And uh, so, old, old, I called that old truck Old Whitey, but, and, uh, but you know, and he said, Oh, son, get in here. Leather heated seats. Oh, yeah. Reclines. Electric, son. Never had this before in my life. And it has more than two doors. Dad was so excited about that truck. So, but maybe your idea of a great ride. But a lot of us treat our salvation that way. We want to, we get it, and we said, oh, it's so nice. I don't want anything to mess it up. We set the cruise control. I'm saved, therefore you're going to heaven, and you're going to cruise right on into heaven in a pretty, shiny, new ride. And you'll get up to heaven, and you say, Lord, look at the ride I took, and I protected, and I polished it, and I did okay you know, but but the thing is, is that the Lord doesn't want us just to take what He gives us and protect it and not use it. I mean, God wants you to, whenever you get into heaven, He wants you to, to blow the doors down and come into heaven and you're driving an old beat-up jalopy and I've been through uh, high waters and flood waters and the wheels fall off and the crews don't work anymore and the horn don't work and you get up there and there's smoke coming out of the engine, and you get into heaven, and I say, I made it, Lord. I'm here because you saved me. And what a ride it was. What a ride it was. Man. Which way are you going to get into heaven? If you're saved, you're going there. You're just going to set the cruise, be on the interstate, Never take a chance and take one of those side roads and say, I wonder what God would do over here. And then take a dirt road where you have to lock in the hubs every now and then. I wonder if God can get me through this. (laughs) When we were stranded on that island, I knew I was going to have to lock in the hubs. We locked in the prayer hubs. And some of y'all was praying over here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I don't think we'd have made it off that island without your prayers. Speaking of that, Brother Sam and Brother Martin will be sharing their Belize trip tonight. And uh, so come back tonight for a special treat as they share what God let them experience in Belize. You know, so Elijah... He's going into heaven and he's not just cruising in in a shiny new ride. 
his vehicle that he's going in on, his salvation ride, so to speak, is bought and paid for by Jesus Christ, but he's going in and it's smoking and the tires are flat and wore out. He has used his salvation. He has been a part of and enjoyed it. It's kind of like the parable that Jesus told about the people. He God gave them this talent and this talent, and one of them went and hid it in the earth, and the other said, No, I didn't hide it in the earth. I used the talent you gave me, and I this is what I did with it, Lord. Many folks, God gives you salvation to use. Live it for Him. I mean, you're going to go up into heaven and, and you're going to say, well, what what did you do? What did you do for me? What experiences did you have? Did you ever try anything? Did you ever do anything for me? Did you ever do anything that brought honor and glory for me? That's what God's going to say to you. And you're going to say, no, I never took a chance. I like to cruise in the A.C., and I never went off-road for you. I never locked in the hubs. I was afraid it might break. The Lord says, man, I can fix stuff. <laughs> Try it. See if it'll work. Try your faith out. See if you got deep water faith or shallow water faith or four-wheel drive faith or two-wheel drive faith or bicycle faith or 18-wheeler faith. I don't know. Try it and see and Elijah gets into heaven. Matter of fact, he is one of the two people that's seen with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration later in Matthew 17 and one of the other Gospels. So, <clears throat> the commitment of Elisha. He says here, in verse 2 and verse 6, he says it twice. He says, Elijah, he knows he's going. Now, I think that Elijah was, he knew that God somehow had revealed to him, okay, it's time for you to come up. I'm calling you home. You know, as I was preparing this message, I got to thinking about, did you know I've seen Christians that whether they were facing cancer or something, and they knew, you know, I may not have much longer. And so, you know, and God kind of gave them the grace that they needed to face that moment. And so the other guys knew, and Elisha knew. He said, well, the Lord wants me to go over by Jordan. And that's where this meeting is going to take place. And he says, Elisha, you stay here. Now remember, Elisha is taking over Elijah's ministry. And I call it the commitment. And this is what I, I want us to draw from here in looking at this. He desired, in verse 2 and verse 6, fellowship and encouragement. He says here in verse 2, Elijah said unto Elisha, stay here. He said, man, as sure as the Lord lives, I'm not leaving your side. Verse 6, Elijah told him again. Elijah told Elisha, hey, just stay here. Uh, for the Lord's going to send me over by Jordan on the other side. And he said, as sure as the Lord liveth, I am not going to leave you. And guess what? He knew he wasn't taking no for an answer. And sometimes, folks, you may be the only Christian friend that somebody has. And Elijah was a man that I think did need a friend. And God sent the right man to Elijah in his name. Very similar. He said he gets confused. Elisha. And this is the commitment saying, you know what? I know you've had problems. I know you've had run-ins. I know that you one time... 
thought you were the only one left. And you weren't. Fellow, buddy, I'm here for you. And sometimes we need to tell our brothers and sisters in Christ, I'm here for you. I'm praying for you. I love it sometimes. <clears throat> and uh, to hear... All, I've heard a lot of stories, Miss Francis and others, uh, praying with people, praying with people. Pray with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Pray with them. Well, verse 9 and 10, he also desired, you know, and, he, and both of them knew this. There was a, a typical uh, custom, a biblical custom in the Bible where the firstborn gets a double portion. So, my oldest would get a double portion. And basically, it's being recognized as the spiritual leader of the family. And, uh, you know, you had the thing with Jacob and Esau. Jacob was younger. Esau, they were twins. Esau came out first. But because of all the situation that worked out, whole another sermon, Jacob got the blessing. And it was saying, you're going to be the spiritual leader of the family. And you heard Brother uh, Richard preach that. He brought out some awesome things about that story during our revival. I believe that was Sunday morning. And uh, if I have my day wrong, they all run together. But that's what this is. He, when he said, let a double portion, I'm in verse 9, of thy spirit. This is asking for a spiritual blessing, if you will, or a spiritual inheritance. Let a double portion of thy spirit follow me. Let me take over your leadership. He said, man, you don't realize this comes with a price. Well, then I call this next part the commemoration of Elisha. You know, and, and I, those, some of those same verses, the sons of the prophets are mentioned in verse 3 and verse 5. You know, I've had a matter of fact, I had uh, one man, uh, we were at the conference yesterday and Pauline, one of our ABA churches right up the road here, where they were doing a fundraiser, selling a bunch of chicken, Chick-fil-A sandwiches, and I love Chick-fil-A sandwiches. And all of our kids ate the Chick-fil-A sandwiches. I think it was purchased by our youth group and whatever. And one of the men was going around gathering trash from Pauline, and he said, are you Brother Reese? I said, yes, sir. Oh, man. Uh, Brother White, da, da, da. we got talking. He said, man, I, I appreciate it what you're doing, taking Clayton to school every Monday. Man, that, God's got something special for Clayton. Now, Clayton, Howell is his name, from Lake Village. He's the full-time custodian and been to Kenya three times, full-time custodian at Pauline. And he's, you know, praying about what does God want him to do. And it is a neat compliment. I've had others, people like... Uh, People from uh, uh, West Crossett and their church over there and Southside and Star City. And and it, it Mondays are a tough day, tough day. And I ask the men every year, every summer, I re-ask, you know, is it okay if I continue giving up my Mondays for taking these guys to seminary? Trey is finishing up his third year. Next year he'll get his bachelor's and all that stuff. And it, it's, a, it's a tough Monday. But these sons of the prophets, they were that away. They were they were students of these men. They were later on we see in Second uh, Kings six of the story about the axe head. They were trying to build bigger quarters. These guys is kind of like seminary housing, 
And they were, they were needing a bigger house to stay in as students of Elijah and now Elisha. And, but they knew something was up with Elijah. They knew, hey, do you know the Lord's taking him today? They knew, you know, it's kind of like, uh, <clears throat> up in heaven, you know, uh, the Lord gives the command and, man, imagine this. I'm going to get this red microphone. I'm going to get some more volume, brother. <clears throat> Need this on. Jeff. All right. All right. The Lord's up in heaven. He said to the angel, he said, uh, hey, I need you to get that fiery chariot out and uh, go get Elijah. Which one you want me to get? He said, get the big one. The angel said, the one with the hemi in it? Yep, get the one with the hemi in it. So angel goes over there where the big fiery chariot's parked. It's running. It's a big one, remember? Imagine the... I don't know. The Bible does not have sound effects. That's why I'm making my own. But I don't think it was a silent chariot. Okay? It was a chariot of fire, and what does the Bible say? Bible say... Uh, fiery horses. I mean, so this, and he said, get the big one. He said, go down there and get my servant Elijah for, I'm bringing him home. Just like he told Enoch, hey, come on, fella, let's go into the house. One day God's going to say that to you. It's going to be a graduation day. Folks, you don't have much longer here on earth. Some of you have one year. Some of you have ten years. Some of you have, and I'm not a prophet, but I don't know how long I have. What are you going to do with the time you have left? It's going to be a graduation. You're going to graduate one day. And sometimes this is called a commemoration. This transition in life in this fiery chariot with a hemi in it or whatever it had in it came roaring down. They're just walking along. Elijah and Elisha. And I mean, and by the way, it wasn't slowpoke chariot either because whoom! It went through there and his mantle, his cloak, come floating down. Elisha's like, Whew. goes over there and gets the mantle. The garment of Elijah. <clears throat> and then the comment. In verse 12, Elisha saw it and cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and rent them in pieces. I imagine he just had a little worship service while he was sitting there. Verse 14 is where I get what I said a while ago. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him. <laughs> I just imagine that thing, jet trail, contrail. There was something in the Texas sky the other day they said it was a fireball, and they said it was some sort of jet contrail. Had to look that up one time, didn't remember that word. What are those things that come out of the uh, jets when you see those lines going across the sky? It's called a contrail. Anyway, those are ice crystals floating in the air. Just a neat thing to look up one day. I imagine this thing had contrails. 
Y'all seen those lines in the air, in the air uh, from a jet plane? Imagine this thing. I bet, I bet it had a first ever, first ever contrail going across the sky and down floats this brown garment from Elijah. And Elisha's sitting there. He's tearing his clothes. Wow, what a sight. My Lord, my Lord. That's what he's saying. The Man, I got to see something today. I've never seen, by the way, I never saw it again. That was a one-time experience. I want to ask you something. What if God gives you one shot at something? I can't do it, Lord. That's an excuse. There, do y'all know there's a difference between a reason and an excuse? My coaches didn't like excuses. They didn't really care for reasons either. <laughs> when when you run till you throw up, then you do. Now don't you feel better? Run some more. Thank the Lord. Not far from there. He gets tired of our excuses. Wrapping it up. Psalms 121. You know, as he grabbed Elijah's mantle and he went to that river, he said uh, the phrase that I have painted there, you don't have to look it up and you can if you want to. He says, where is the God of Elijah? You know what that means to me and you? Whenever you're at your wit's end and you don't know what to do, listen to me very closely. When you run out of, when you're you're at your dead end, There's nothing wrong with saying, God, where are you? Because I need you. I need you. Imagine Elisha said it with a little bit of sadness because he was going to miss his friend. Hey, folks, when you lose a brother or sister in Christ, family member or not, it's okay to miss them. You know that they're better off if they were a child of God. It's still okay to miss them. Elisha said, God, where are you at? Of course, he hit the water and it parted. And he went back across. And the servants, remember the seminary guys? They said, we need to send out a search party. (laughs) We want the president of the seminary back. He said, well, I don't think you should go, but if you want to, go ahead. They went and searched for three days, didn't find him. He said, I told you. God took him on. And then Psalms 121. When you're at your wit's end and you say, God, where are you? Here's a great, great passage. I lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. 
My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. It means fall asleep on the job. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither sleep, slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. It means you're not going to lose your salvation. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth even forevermore. God said in Hebrews 13:7, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. As we prepare for a hymn of invitation, would you bow for a word of prayer? Father, as we got to try to experience these chariots of fire, one day we'll get to see them for ourselves. And Lord, I know that one day you're going to call us all home. You're calling me home. I pray that it would be on your terms. And I pray that when I get through living for you here, that my ride falls apart. Because I have used every bit of it for you. All that you've given me. That is my prayer this morning. That whenever I enter into glory, that it will be well-pleasing. And that you would say the same. In Jesus' name, amen.